really easy to sing along with that song, if you like Lauren Daigle. Really easy to sing that song, but I want to ask you again the question, do you trust God? Man. Yes, yes I do, Matt. Yes, yes I do. You know, that's, that's me often. Yes, God, I trust you. But did you, did you I hope, really hope you focused on those words. It says, when, uh, when you don't part the waters and let me walk through them. It's when you don't move the mountain. When God doesn't move the mountains that we think He should move, you know, contrary to popular belief, God does not operate on our agenda. And that's really hard for us to get. Contrary to popular belief, God does not operate on our agenda. God uses us, do you know Why? Because he wants to and he desires to. Does he have to? No. He's God. Do you trust him? So, so we're, we're talking about the last part of chapter 3 in Malachi this morning. And, we're, and it is the fourth Sunday. So before I get in, into this sermon greatly, we are going to take a touch someone's life gift today. And I really, I really want to reiterate this fact. Man, we are looking, we're going to take an offering in a second. And we're looking for nickels and dimes and quarters. Okay, and we're going to take an offering, and there's going to be a couple people at the end of this service that I'm going to pick. You don't have to get nervous. Okay, I've probably already talked to you um, if, you're going to, if you're going to get a bag or not. By the way, if you haven't, I, we, we are getting to, this is a good thing. We're, we've been doing this long enough to where a majority of us have done this, have given away a bag. So if you have not, after the service, come up and just jot, your name, jot my name down. Or jot my name down. What? I'll jot your name down. How about that? I'll jot your name down, and then... Uh, Maybe we can use you in, in the coming months. Um, but if I have my ushers um, want to come and go ahead and take that offering, they're just going to pass a bag. Now, if you're new to Connection, this, this offering is not for you. This is for people of Connection to give. Um, and if there, if there is someone here, you're going to feel a little bit weird whenever I say this, but if, there, if there's a, a bill that you need, um, and you, need, you say, man, I need $5, I need $10. Not, this is not to go to Dairy Queen after church, okay? This is, I, I really do need this. I need this to pay a water bill. I need this to pay something, okay? We just invite you to take that. This money is not ours. God, this is God's money. Uh, you take this, and they're going to go count this. And as they keep, doing, keep going backwards, uh, they're going to leave. And they're going to come back later at the end of service. And they're going to give me those bags, and we're going to give them out. We're going to pray about them, and we're going to give... Um, we're going to give those out. Something really cool while they're taking this offering is if you take your worship hand out and you open it up all the way, all the way in the middle, on the bottom, you can read someone's, touch someone's life testimony. Uh, and, if you've never, and if you've never got to do this, again, come up and talk to me. But these are the type of stories that we, that we encounter with people. Um, really, really, really cool. Now, these are for stories for you to read later, not during my sermon. Okay. Now, listen, she talks about this. Uh, she had just came home from a doctor's office, um, and she had had the money. Okay, this is a, a lady. Uh, at the very, bottom, uh, the very bottom, she said, we hugged, and she said, I will pay it forward. Listen, the only reason, one of the only reasons that we do this is, yes, we want to bless people. Yes, we want to meet them where they are. But one of the big reasons is this. Oftentimes, I've heard this statement. If somebody has given away this bag, they come back to me and they say, you know what? This just encouraged me and re- made me realize that I can do this on my own. Yes. That's it. We can do this on our own. And, and like I said before, if you have a, a machine and it takes $1.25 to get a bottle of water and that person has a dollar and you have a quarter, that quarter is worth a lot okay? because they don't have it. So just, just keep that in the back of your mind. Last week we looked at the first nine verses of Malachi chapter 3. Now, if you remember, Malachi is a minor prophet. The last book of the Old Testament, 400 years before Matthew is written, 2,400 years ago from today. Um, Malachi is, is the last, is the, are the last words of God that we hear for 400 years, and then we see Matthew uh, write his book, and the coming of Christ, and all this. But for the most part... Um, Malachi is it, and he's challenging these Israelites. He said, listen, last week he said, listen, you don't live like you should. You don't trust God anymore. You've gone away from your parents' relationship with God. You're not doing the right thing. And God had told them that they had not done, ready for this? They had not done the things that he wanted them to do. Now we think, if we wake up in the morning, I mean, we go, we go, to work or whatever, and we, we think this. Man, the things that I want to do, okay, I want to get up, God, I want to serve you today. And, we, and we're doing fine. 
And we're doing fine, we're doing fine. And if you drive from my section of town, and you drive west, we're doing fine. You all know where this is going. We're doing fine until we hit these... Ding, 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 And you know what I'm talking about. Everybody's like, oh... I had people text me. Actually, I had someone call me this week and said, I'm sitting at a train and I'm smiling and I'm I'm not going to run it over and I'm happy. I'm not really happy. She said, I'm just waiting. (laughs) But she said, I'm not aggravated. Now, this is a big deal because we can start off a day and say, God, we want to do exactly what you want us to do. And then life happens. You see a train. This morning, one of my daughters woke up sick. These things happen, okay? These things happen. You say, God, I want to do everything that you want me to do, and then life. These people had experienced a little bit of life. They had been in captivity, something that you and I probably have no idea about. They've been in captivity. They've been enslaved. There are less of these Israelites than there used to be. God is trying to get their attention. God ever try to get your attention? You don't want to talk about it, do you? Yeah. Whenever I, I, I was I was having a very successful career in baseball in college, and, and uh, I know a lot of you know this. And then and then God God really humbled me in the form of a broken arm, four inch pieces of steel, and four drywall screws through my bone. I'm telling you, He got my attention that way, and I and I can share that story with you sometime. And He really got my attention, and He really that's probably the pivotal moment of my life spiritually. But God was reminding them this. If you remember this from last week. God doesn't change. He doesn't change. He just says, I want to be first. Well, when did He start saying that from the beginning? When will He continue to say that? Forever. We can trust God, like Jack said, we can trust God because He always has been and always will be. He's not going to go away. He doesn't change. If you see something in your life changing, now, I'm not going to call you out. But if you see something in the relationship with you and God changing, the chances are very good it's not God moving. Because He doesn't change. It's us. We, we, we take some time away. We, 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 get, we get away. We step away. These people in Malachi, God had given much. Now, if you, and if you don't remember this and you didn't write it down, it's not a big deal. Uh, I had somebody ask me last week, they said, did you write that quote that, that we... That, that we talked about last week and I said yes and they said well that's really it's really good now they didn't say that to to flatter me or anything they just said that it really was applicable to their life the here's here it is again it says God is the giver of all things good because he can't give you anything bad God is the giver of all things good and if much is given much is required I had to do that for an assignment in class but God is the giver of all things good and if much is given much is required now these are the chosen people of God has much been given to them Absolutely. In fact, last week we see, we see that God even calls them out. He says, He said, the reason that you're still here and I have not evaporated you from this planet is because I made a covenant with your ancestors. He's a man of His Word. Okay? He's, a, he's a God of His Word. But the people had not given God what He required. Now look at this on the screen or in your Bible. We're going to read through this again. Now we're going to read through the second half. Yes, I know that I preached on verse 9. It does, it does fall into effect here. We're going to read 9 through 18 if you want to follow along in your book. iPad, iPod, Bible, phone. Here it is. It says, You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Underline this. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will, be call, all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. In verse 13, You have said terrible things about me, says the Lord. But you say, what do you mean? What have we said against you? You have said, what's the use of serving God? What have we gained by obeying His commandments or by trying to show the Lord of heaven's armies that we are sorry for our sins? From now on we will call the arrogant blessed. For those who do evil get rich and those who dare God to punish them will suffer no harm. Then those who fear the Lord spoke with each other and the Lord listened to what they said. In His presence a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared Him and always thought about the honor of His name. They will be my people, said the Lord of heaven's armies. 
On the day when I act in judgment, they will be my own special treasure. I will spare them as a father spares an obedient child. Then you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. In your life, I have a question. In your life, much like this, what I love about the Bible, and I've talked with many of you about this, that it's absolutely timeless. We read in the very first verse, in verse 9, I I repeatedly put that in there on purpose. Last week, I said, I'm going to show you that this book is timeless because I'm going to show you this. In verse 9 it says, You're under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. (laughs) Have you watched CNN this week? We're in trouble because we failed to put God first anymore. We're in trouble. God says, listen, you were founded on me and you've been blessed. But now we're going away from that and look at the consequences. In your life, who do you say God is? Do you trust Him? Can you trust Him? And if you're sitting here and you pray, God, I want you to move this mountain. Move it. Here's my mustard seed of faith. Move it. What if he doesn't want to move it? What if, what if, watch this. Can he? Absolutely. But what if he wants you to physically seek, spiritually seek, a way around that? Maybe you, maybe you need to go over it. Maybe he wants to get you just through it. See, we think, God, listen, I know what I'm talking about, just move this out of the way. When God sees this, we see that mountain in front of us and all we see is hopelessness. God says, if, I, if you will trust me and we will get over this or through this mountain of stuff, you will gain the spiritual muscle to conquer and tackle something later on. See, He's always in a building mode. At Connection, we're always in a replacement mode. Our people, our leaders help, re- they, they train up leaders to come after them. They train up leaders to come after them. And some of them have no desire or they're, and they're probably not going to leave that, their position for a long time. But what, why? So we can always replace and send. Always replace and send. See, these people are not doing that. Do you trust them? I really, this is a very serious, intimate question. Do you trust God? Now, very easy. We can, if it's like scholar ball in high school, do you trust God? Ding! Yes. I mean, we love to answer like that. But watch, the, watch how I twist this question. Do you trust God in every situation in your life? Or are there some that you say, nope, this one's mine. See, this is hard. I don't want to get along necessarily with that person, so I'm going to hold this right here, and this is going to be my pet, and you can't have it. See, when God asks you to trust Him, He says, I want everything. I want everything. I want it all. Look at your worship hand out with me. Look at the first blank. It says, in order to put God first, we must learn to trust Him to be first. I really, I really hope that some of you don't just look at this worship handout for, for 45 minutes, 40 minutes that we're doing this in here. I really, this, this is good for all week. Listen to this. In order to put God first, we must first learn to trust Him to be first. You ever played follow the leader when you were little? Or last week? <laughs> if you're a kid at heart. <laughs> and you have to imitate what the first person does. Now think of that in a spiritual sense. If you play follow the leader and God is first, do you know why it's hard for us to trust God? Because oftentimes He moves us out of a comfort zone and we are not okay with that. We're not okay. We're not okay with that. God desires to be number one. He desires to be the... Le- Man, in, in our spiritual life, we're, we're, doing, we're doing a follow the leader. God should be the first in line going, okay, everybody ready? And we should go, Yes. And we'll follow along, man. Life may be easy. We can cruise. Then all of a sudden, God, God's, God's going along and God's going along. And there's something that comes by us. And He goes, hey, hey, third one back, Matt. He goes, uh, you need to forgive this person. And I see it coming and I go, oh, no, 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 no. See, God wants to be first because he, He's our example. He says, do as I do. I've been, I've been studying through the book of John, really trying to dive into who the real... I've read John before, but I really want to dive in to see who and what Jesus represented and was. If you want to challenge yourself, just try to exemplify Christ. 
He forgave people that didn't need that, that should never even received forgiveness. He loved people that were unlovable. He did things that were not comfortable. See, we don't we don't like this. We don't want to put God first because in all reality we may not want to know and we may not want to listen to what he says. I'm telling you, if it gets down to forgiveness or working through a relationship, things can get a little sharp really fast. Well, God, you don't know... Have you ever had this conversation with God? Think about this. God, you have no idea what they've done to me. <laughs> think, just, just think about it. God, you have no idea what they've done to me. <laughs> you imagine God in heaven... Exalted above heaven with a, with a throne above perfection, and goes, Really? I, the creator of the universe, have no idea what you've been through. I see everything. I know everything. Matt, you're crazy. I know exactly. And oftentimes, God gets my attention. He says, Matt, I understand the situation. And before you put all the blame there, why don't you look at yourself? No. Mm-mm. No, no, no. That's not how this is going. You ever have a conversation? No, that's not how this is going. This is not how it's going to go. Let me tell you what I need. And then when it goes back to that song, it says, when God doesn't move the mountains, when God doesn't part the waters and let us walk through, when God doesn't answer things how we exactly want them, then we get angry. Man, these people are the same way. We're going we're to see how sarcastic and how mean and how wicked-minded these people were. If we talk... To God about our relationships, our hurts, and all the stuff that is going wrong, we might just find out that it is us that needs to change also. God, do you know the way that they treat me? Do you know the way that they handle this situation? Yes. Maybe we need to change. Maybe we need to apologize. Maybe we need to forgive. Look at verse 9. We're going to go back. Look at verse 9 and 10 on, on the screen or in your Bible. Get your pen ready if you want to underline. So in verse 9, you are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. This is God talking through the prophet Malachi, okay? He says, you are under a curse. Basically, that means this. Everything is not cupcakes and holiday world because you haven't done everything that I've required you to do. In fact, he says this. You've been cheating me. No. We've all played Candyland with children. <laughs> we all know the people that can, can get extra money in Monopoly. Just kinda hide it. Cheating in board games happens with children. Somehow I played Emma and Lydia in Uno one time. <laughs> I got all numbers. And I barely had two of any color. Which, if you played Uno, that's not a good deal. Okay? So I only, had, I only had two of probably four or five colors. I had no skips. I had no, I had no draw twos. I had no wild, and I had no draw fours. Lo and behold, the children had them all. <laughs> they cheated. And <laughs> If you think the four-year-old is innocent, come to my house and play Uno. Just stack the deck with the best of them. She learned from her older sister. Now what? Now watch. God says this. Listen, we're not talking about Uno. He's saying this. He said, I desire to be everything in your life. But you have to trust me that that is all you need. Just like that Lauren Daigle song. I love that song. So sometimes you don't part the waters and let me walk through the ones that I want to walk through. Sometimes you make me go around. Sometimes you make me build a bridge. Sometimes you make me do different things. And God says this. You're under a curse. Things are not going your way as a nation because you've been cheating me. These people have ignored what God said. What He commanded them to do. Look at verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. Now remember... I told you last week the tithes, very, very seldom in this time in history, very seldom were the tithes money. They had nothing to do with money most of the time. They were to do with crops and food. Okay, he goes on. It says, bring all the tithes in the storehouse so there will be enough food. It doesn't say so there will be enough money. It says so there will be enough food. Why did you bring food into the temple? This is what the priest ate. Okay, this is what the priest ate. Now think about this. The priests are trusting God to provide for them, right? And the people are not giving what they should, so the priests don't have anything. So the priests are doing what they should, but they're not getting fed. How fair is this? 
Looks a whole lot like 2016 sometimes, doesn't it? If other people don't do what they should do, then they're limited. See, the priests were limited on what they could do. Today, our gifts need to be given to the church. Our, our time and our, our gifts of money, our, our tithe, by the way, is different than a gift. A gift is above, okay? Uh, many of you give to the Vision from God Fund, and that helps with our property payment and, and paying for our building. But we give to that so we can further our ministry. Some of you, out of your own pocket, gave a gift today. You got in your wallet, and because there was a paper bag passed around, you went, hmm. And some of you didn't even think twice. Now that shows you what kind of, what kind of area God has brought you to in your giving. God says that we should be a cheerful giver. But why do we give money to a brown paper bag that's going to be sent out with somebody that we don't know where it's going? We're not, we're, we may not completely know the person that takes it. So what are we doing? We're trusting we're trusting. And if you read some of these stories that you read in the worship handout about Touch Someone's Life Gift, some of these people hit it right on the money. Later you need to read that story. On the money. Within a day of this lady having something go completely wrong in the court system, one of our people came in being led by God and said, here, this is for you. And she said this to me. She said, it didn't even, it didn't even seem like a lady that I would normally stereotypically give it to. She, can't, she had a nice car. She was well-dressed. Yet when I gave her this money, it changed her life because of the circumstances that she had been in. It goes on. It says, If you do, says the Lord of Heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so, that you, so, so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Be very careful. If you've ever heard tiptoe through the tulips, do not blow this out of context. You should not go home and say, God, I'm, 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 I'm trusting you. What, what this means is to not give above your means. This, this is a very, very simple, very can be taken very easily out of context, but he, he goes back and says, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. He is talking through Malachi to people. You ever been this way? That have, they think they've been burnt. Maybe they've been burnt by other people. So we've tried that before. God says this. You've been trying your way. Now how about you try mine? How about you try mine? So, and God says this. This, this, is, this, is why God, this is why I like what Jack said a while ago. Can you trust God forever? Yes. <laughs> God just says this to these people. He says, I just want you to do what I'm asking you to do. Bring enough in so the priests can eat, they can do their duties, and so we, you, as a nation, can be blessed again. This, this is the, these are the Israelites that he's talking to. These are the people that God worked through Moses that literally parted the Red Sea for these people. They've seen the waters part. They saw the Egyptian army come behind them and they said... We are going to die. You think, about, you think they said anything healthy or positive to Moses when they looked back and saw the Egyptian army coming? Moses had led them to a sea. Here they come. What are you going to do, Moses? There's over a million of us. What are you going to do? Moses trusted God. He said, God, I've went to Pharaoh. I've told him everything that you wanted me to say. He let us go. And now we are led right here into this, this huge body of water. <laughs> and not everybody can swim. It's not in the scripture, but I'm pretty sure he said, not everybody can make this, make this swim. He said, what are you going to do, God? And he said, I want you to stretch out your hands. I want you to watch this. Walls of water. They walk across. They didn't walk across on mud. If you mowed yesterday, you know what mud is. They didn't walk across on mud. The Bible says they walked across on dry land. Do that math. My girls make mud pies. It takes three days to dry. Okay? People think, well, you have princesses in your house. Yeah, we do. They also have a mud pie side. Okay? They are mud pie girls. All right? It takes a long time for mud to become dry ground. Not to God. This is not a big deal. Moses trusted Him. They went across. And God says this, just like my ancestors... If you obey what I say, I will bless you. We will have a better relationship. Maybe these people... This, this is what I got from it. Maybe these people had a bumper crop. 
And they wanted to keep some for themselves. Now think about this. Now you think, well, we're talking about crops here in the Bible, and what's that have to do with me? Hang on. Maybe these things that they had worked hard for, and, and they had... Number one, you don't have anything that God hasn't allowed you to have, by the way. We're just going to go there. These people didn't either. They didn't have anything that God didn't allow them to have. And they had this huge bumper crop. And they said, well, rather than give this much to, to, the, to the church, I can save a lot of crop by keeping it to myself. And then to make sure we will never run out. See, that's not trust. That's trying to do it yourself. That's not trusting. Okay? He says... Maybe these people didn't want to give to God what they were supposed to because they had a, a wrong view of what tithing is. See, God doesn't, God does not expect you to give everything you have. I, I don't, I don't think very, very many people in this audience or very many people that come in. Am I going to move? Am I going to put God in a box like this? No, I'm not going. I'm just going to tell you this. There's probably not any of you that are going to go home and say, you know what? God wants me to give my entire life savings, all my kids' inheritance, and my house to somebody, and I'm going to live on the street. I'm not saying that God doesn't challenge people, but God also gave us common sense. Do you understand that? Like He said, I don't want you to give above, above your means, but I do, require, I do require a tithe of what I've given you. This was their crops. Now what we need to understand is just like when Moses, Moses told these people back in the day, their ancestors, he, he told them, he said, you need to stop tithing. Now again, I told you last week, no preacher in the history of church has ever said, don't tithe. <laughs> On purpose, okay? He, it's not that way, but Moses said, you guys need to quit giving. Now why did they give? Because they saw God's blessing. But what they were doing, if you go back and look at that original text, what they were doing is, they were giving more than God required, which is okay, but they were giving above their means, and that's not okay. God said, I'm giving you this so that you, you can tithe, you can give some back to me, but don't give above your means. Don't trust me. Okay? God really has to speak to us. We really have to have, we have, to have a very in-sync conversation with God when we're talking about this kind of stuff. But Moses said, listen, don't give above your means. He has blessed us and we need to honor Him. But we should do it wisely. Why? Look at verse 11. Look at this. This is what he goes on to say. He says, your crops will be abundant. Now this is a promise. This is, this is cool. Your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease. Anybody have a garden? Anybody have a garden without bugs? Now some of you go, after I dusted them with seven. <laughs> That's a chemical, by the way, if you don't garden. Insects and disease. We have a grape arbor in our backyard. Almost 50 years old. It was planted in the original builders of our house. Uh, put that in. But it says, it says that this is a big deal. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they're ripe. I do not like this to happen. Do you know why? If they fall from the vine before they're ripe, they don't ever get ripe. And you can't eat them. And I like to eat them and make jelly out of them. Because they are good. Okay? But it says this. Now this is a promise from God. Now, were grapes a big deal? Yes. He said they... The, to these people, if they fell on the ground before they arrived, they could not make wine. Listen, they did not have good water. Okay, this, this was a requirement. They needed this, says the Lord of Heaven's army. Again, here's that cool title that he has. He goes on in verse 12, says, Then all the nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. Now, th- these two verses sound phenomenal. Oh, yeah, sweet. I get abundance, I give everything that I want. Too often we see this. And people that don't have a history in church, or maybe they have a little bit of history in church, and they're coming back to church, this is what they think. I thought this before. Maybe you have too, if you want to be really honest with me. Sometimes I thought that God, what God expected out of me was just God out to get me. You expect too much out of me. You're just out to get me. I heard a sermon one time uh, at this church a while back that... that uh, the, the, the young man explained that God was not a fun sucker. He's not. God does not try to drain you of your joy. In fact, he says, I came to do the exact opposite. God does not try to, to just to drain us of everything. But sometimes if we have a wrong mind, we think, God, why, why do I have to go through this? Why do I have to do this? Why do I have to forgive that person? They're not even sorry. Oh, boy. If you're playing follow the leader spiritually and God's leading you, and you get to that person, and we all have these people, and you have to forgive them, and you know that they're not sorry. 
How easy is that? God, you're just out to get me. You're trying to make me look weak in front of them. I've been there. Maybe you have too. God wants us, He requires us to honor Him. I love love this line. God loves us and He loves you exactly where you are. God loves you exactly where you are. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care if you're addicted to multiple things. I don't care if you're divorced or single. I don't care if you're green, purple, or blue. Listen to me. God loves you exactly the way you are where you're at. His love is infinite for you, but He loves you too much to leave you there. There's a difference. God loves you in everything that you are, where you are, but He loves you too much to leave you there. That's why He challenges you. He says, I gave my son here to this earth because I want him to be an example. I want you to grow. I want you to be like him. I love you. Matt, man, I'm telling you right now, when I was in the gutter of this life, you don't even want to know. When I was in the gutter of this life, God in heaven looked down and said, When he was seven years old, he was a professing Christian. He invited my son into his heart. He is lost in this world right now. But I love him. I love him. And then he would correct me. And he would would bring people into my life to move me around and, and and to guide me. And then I began to realize that yes, God did love me exactly where I was. But he loved me too much to leave me where I was. See, God desires for us to be good. He, desired, he loved these people. Listen, if you remember last week in that scripture, you can read backwards in Malachi. He literally said, the only reason that I haven't smoked you from this planet. Those are my words. Okay? They're the only reason that, that I have not smoked you from this planet is because I made a covenant with your ancestors. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the big... Heroes of Genesis, Exodus, early part of the Bible. He said, because I made a covenant with them... It's the only reason you're here. I've protected you. God wanted them to do this. Sometimes I think God wants us to do this. But God really wanted these people. He said, I just want you to open your eyes and see how good I am. See if I'm worth giving to. See if I'm worth it. Look at your worship handout. We have to understand this first. We must understand that God desires to take care of us. Metaphorically, spiritually, what is God to us? He's our Father, right? He's not our blood Father. He's our spiritual Father. God desires to take care of us. You cannot read. You cannot read Malachi and look at the Israelites and look at God's conversation and not understand that He desired to take care of them. Just go back to the verse where He said this. If it wasn't for the covenant that I promised with Jacob and your ancestors, I would have smoked you. God desires. He loves them. He desires to take care of them. He desires to take care of you. Even when you don't think you're worth it. Even when you don't think you're worth it, God says, I desire to take care of you. But here's the deal. God says, I love you. I love you enough to not not let you stay there. Urging. (laughs) Spiritual paddling. Sometimes that's difficult. Sometimes that's difficult. We must put Him first. We must trust Him. But too often is the case are these next two verses. And if you kind of got this gist when we read through it, you were probably right. Look at verse 13. This is, this is God talking. But. He's blessed, blessing, 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 but. You have said terrible things about me. What is he doing? He is calling them out. Now, how, now think about this. You ever been called out by somebody? You ever been caught in a lie by your parents and they call you out? It's a great time, right? Or not. <laughs> it wasn't in my house. Okay? It says, you have, you have said terrible things about me. Now watch this. God is saying this. Who is he using as a mouthpiece? Malachi. So one of your peers, one of your friends, one of these prophet dudes, says this. You've said terrible things about God. No, we haven't. That's the first, that's the first acknowledgement, right? <laughs> Matthew, did you do this? No. Did you do this? No. <laughs> I didn't. That's our, that's, our, that's, our human, that's our human go-to. Did you do that? No. If you know that there are consequences for something that was done, and you're asked about it, 
Yourself, your sinful, selfish self says, I don't want to get in trouble, so I'm going to say no. That's what we do. That's how we react. See, so God says this, you've said terrible things about me, says the Lord, but you say. These are the people. This is the people's questions. What do you mean? Basically, they were saying this. What do you mean, God? Do you remember what we said? <laughs> Think about who they're talking to. You remember? Look at this, the last part of it. It says, what have we said against you? They're doing this. They're angels, aren't they? We haven't done anything wrong. I tell you what, if you get so caught up with yourself that you can literally look at God go and say, I'm an angel, I haven't done anything wrong. You are not in the right spot spiritually. I told somebody, I told somebody that goes to a different church last night at a, at a dinner, I said, I told my church that they weren't good people. You know what they said? That took a lot of guts. And I said, I said, I really didn't. We are under, are under the sta- understanding that, and they, they understood the context of what I said. I said, we are not good people, but that we do this. What do you mean? What do you mean? What have we said against you, God? What have we said against you? Look at verse 14. You have said, no, <laughs> don't get in an argument with God. When there's a prophet that's speaking from him right beside you. Okay? So these people go, what have we said? So verse 14, he says this. You said this. What's the use of serving God? Oh, we didn't say that. That's exactly what they said. We, what, we, what have we gained by obeying his commandments or trying to show the Lord of heaven's armies that we are sorry for our sins? But these are direct quotes. God is speaking through a man that's talking to people and they literally said, they got called out and they said, oh, it wasn't us. What have we said? Prove it. Your word against ours. So what happened? God says it through Malachi. He says, you've done this and you've done this and you've done this. And you all know what, if you've been caught red-handed in something like that with your parents or in school or something, you know that the argument is now over. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. You know, I'd like to recant. (laughs) Can I say that in a different way? How arrogant. Do these, do these things appear to be some of the things that you or I say to God? God says, I want you to forgive them. I have. <laughs> You're lying to a perfect being. How's that going to work? God says, I want you to forgive that person. Well, I have. Long gone. Yep. <clears throat> Just forgot about that. No, you haven't. God grabs me by my shirt collar and sits me over. He goes, I said, I want you to forgive them. I didn't really say that, did I? No. You can't argue with God. See, when we act like this, we're basically saying, I just want to get away with it. I just want to get away. Can we move on? You ever try to change the subject when you knew you were in trouble? My dad, he's a Cardinal baseball fan. He, like Card- he likes the Cardinals. So he talking, he goes, you know, what you really, what you really, you really should have done this. You, you know, you, you're, you're going to be grounded. I said, Dad, um, my buddy got Cardinals tickets. You want to go? I'm in the point of getting in trouble. And I'm trying to weasel. I'm like, hey, my dad is a soft spot for Cardinals. So I said, hey, you want to you wanna grab lunch today, Dad? Does this sound like a good idea? See, they're trying to bargain with God. It's not going to work. Okay? It's not going to work. They, they were asking this question. Why? They were asking Malachi and God this question. These people, who had, they thought they had been punished. They thought they had been, they'd just been, just been penalized for all this stuff. And they literally said this, they asked this question throughout all this. They said, what have we done? Why do we have to serve God? Why? Why do we have to serve God? Why do we have to clean? Why do we have to park in the back and sit up front? Why do we do all of these things? Because you have to. No. You get to. I got a vacuum out. I was going to touch up a rug. I just saw it and it's just a reaction. I have a problem. I just want it to be clean. <laughs> and I walked over there and somebody came to me and go, no, that's my job. You have something else to do today. Let me do that. 
okay. Sorry. <laughs> and I did, I said, I said, and I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to intrude. He goes, no, that's, that, this is my job. Let me do it. I get to. He didn't have to. He got to. We don't... See, these people were asking, why? And then God was trying to get through their thick skulls because I love you and I desire that relationship with you. I desire to do nothing but great things. Listen, if you're going along this life and God wants to get your attention, it's not because He doesn't like you. It's the exact opposite. He said, I love you so much, I don't want you to stay here. I want to move you. I want you to be able to forgive somebody that really, really hurts you because later on in life it's going to hurt really, really a lot more. And you need to understand that you can trust me to do it this time and that you can trust me in that time. My wife and I, have, have, have practiced simple, simple things like tithing to the, to the church. And there have been times where it wasn't above our means, but it was going to make things really tight. And you understand what I'm talking about if you've gone through this. It was going to be really tight. And I'm like, man, 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 man. And she said, what do you want to do? She just gave it to me. She goes, what do you want to do? keep it? I mean, really, if you want to be honest? I mean, you want to be honest, if it's going to be that close, I want to keep it. And I said, but we can't. We're not supposed to. That is our gift. That is our tithe to God to help support our church. That's what we're supposed to do. Lo and behold, that tightness may have still been there the whole week. But God has never let us down on anything that we need. Never one time. Always puts people. Always puts people. Look at verse 15. You think that these people are done ranting. They're not. They're not done. God, why do we have to do this? God, why do I have to do this? Look at verse 15. From now on, we will call all the arrogant blessed. <laughs> Watch. For those who do evil get rich, and those who dare God to punish them suffer no harm. They are having a rant fest. They're saying, well, so-and-so down the street doesn't give a flip about their finances and they have a brand new house and they have 17 cars and they have a new fire truck because they like them. And they have a Humvee and they have all these guns and they have all this stuff and they have all this stuff. And that's not fair because they have that and I don't. So they just, they just want to do that and, and, and they just get blessed because they have all this stuff. Be careful. Be careful. Because they said this, for those who do evil get rich. And those who dare God to punish them suffer no harm. This is, <laughs> this is mentally unstable spiritually think, spiritual thinking. This is not okay. We want to say, look, the easiest way to answer this question in verse 15 is this. Dave Ramsey says this. I do not think Dave Ramsey is Jesus. He does have some really good points on finances. He says this. Stop trying to keep up with the Joneses because the Joneses are broke. The first time I read that and I go... I don't know very many Joneses. I wish you would have used another last name. <laughs> and I said, keep up with the Joneses. And I found myself going by like, well, I like their house. I like their car. They were saying it's not fair. Look at verse 16. Then, hallelujah, praise Jesus and all that is holy. 16 happens. Then, those who feared the Lord spoke with each other. There were some people that, not, that, that, that were not speaking spiritually unintelligently. Okay, they said, Then those who feared the Lord spoke with each other, and the Lord listened to what they said. I am so glad that God listens to me. Do you think God heard both people? He heard the people that were complaining, and then he heard the people that feared him. Then he says this. Then those of the Lord, uh, who feared the Lord spoke with each other, and the Lord listened to what they said. In his presence, a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and always thought about the honor of his name. Now watch this. This does not say anybody that was just ranting. I don't want to know your answer to this question, and you don't want to know mine. Which group would you be in if you were in Malachi chapter 3? Hmm. 
So they look at this book, the scroll of remembrance. Do not confuse this. Some, some, people, some people want to look at that and say, oh, well, they, they started the book of life then. No, they didn't. Not the one they're going to find in heaven. No, no, no. When Joshua crossed the Jordan River and they went into the promised land, he made an altar of stones. And he said, whenever somebody comes by this, they will look at this and they will remember what God has done. This is the same thing. <laughs> now think about this. So there's one person. They have a notebook. <laughs> All right. Well, um, Chrissy was a good person today. Lee was a good. Lee feared what God said today. Jack feared what God said today. Colleen feared what God said today. And all of a sudden, I come running in and say, "Hey, hey, hey! I'd like to be included in that book." And I said, "Well, you were the one ranting." See, God says, the Bible says that a scroll of remembrance was written to the, record the names of those who feared Him and always thought about the honor of His name. They made a little book. Okay? To remind them. Could the people change and be in this book? This book is not a permanent fixture of spirituality for eternity. Okay? It was just to remember, on this day we were challenged. Can you imagine that? What if you kept a book and say, on this day that I was really spiritually challenged and I chose to not complain... Yay! That would be a victory for me sometimes. I was like, yes, I didn't complain. <laughs> then I'd be like, darn it, I gloated. <laughs> so look at this, on verse 17. The, the, they will be my people, says the Lord of heaven's armies. On this day, when I act in judgment, they will be my own special treasure. I will spare them as a father spares an obedient child. Do you know what he's talking about, me people? Look at this. He says, they... Now, a lot of people will take this again out of context and say, it's only the people that wrote their name down in that book. Have you ever made a a, a right decision and an incorrect decision in the same day? Can you imagine the eraser needed for this? Uh, Oh, Colleen's off there. Matt's in. Matt's back off. This wasn't a forever eternity book. This was something. Then God says this. He said, they, the Israelites, the people that choose me will be my people. On that day when I act in judgment. Listen, this is 2,400 years ago. This is an exact replication of what we see in Revelation. When God separates, when, when God sends His Son back to get us, the people that are followers of Him, the act in judgment, listen, they will be His own special treasure. Did you know that you're a treasure? Even if your spouse says so or not. You are. And they should. Husbands, you should never quit chasing your wife. You should never quit dating your wife. Wives, you should never stop dating your husband. Never, never, never quit. He says this, I will spare them as a father spares an obedient child. This is a pretty simple rule in my house. If you didn't do something wrong, you didn't get spanked. Hallelujah. But if you did, you were corrected. Listen, my family, my parents didn't beat me. They corrected me. They took away my car keys when I was 16. I would rather be spanked. I said, just spank me, get this over with, give me the keys back. Dad goes, no. Okay. Look at verse 17. Everyone, people? I'm sorry, verse 18. Then you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. If you want to jot down an extra verse to look up later, write down Exodus 19.5. Exodus 19.5. Now we're going way back in reverse. Now watch what it says. It says that if the people will keep my commandments, they will be my own special treasure. God keeps His word. He doesn't change even the word. You're still a treasure. Look at your last blank on your worship handout. This is very tough. This is very, very, very tough. There are two types of people in this world. Yes, you can do two types of people on anything. But look at this. Those who follow and those who don't. Do you trust enough to follow? Do you trust enough God? Do you trust God enough with your life to make the decisions that He wants you to, not the ones that it's convenient and easy for you to? Listen, you don't want to miss next Sunday. Next Sunday is May 1st. You guys come at 9, you will be way early. 10 o'clock service next week. May the 1st, 
10 o'clock. It's going to be on Facebook. It's going to be on our connection page. If you have a connection page or you're friends with a connection page, share it onto your page so that everybody knows. Okay? If you come at 9, we're, we're all just going to expect you with the band. They're all going to sing. So if you come at 9, you'll be singing. I'm just... People just... Okay. It's okay. It's okay. 10 o'clock next week. If you're a connectionite, if you're a connection person, finger food... A uh, jug of sweet tea, something to drink. Bring those things um, that do need to be finger foods, okay? Uh, but come, seriously, it's going to be a great time. Next week, if you're a connection person, I really want to enforce this. Please, we're not going to have enough room. Both services are combining. Sit up here, okay? Okay, sit up close. Pack it in. Go five deep on this one. Go all, all of them. Move up. We've got to make room for people coming in, Okay? We're going to baptize some people. It's going to be a great day of celebration at Connection. And before we leave, uh, do we have the Connection money? I said nickels and dimes. We get $218. You guys are just awesome. I have $109 in each bag. Uh, Colton, Miles. Miles here? Miles. I'll give you guys these. There's some instructions. There you go, guys. Thank you. We're going to pray for these bags as they go out. We're going to give some more bags away um, in the 11 o'clock service. Um, Please, please, please be in prayer for next week. Next week is one of my favorite Sundays. I know. Man, he's got favorite Bible stories, and now he's got favorite Sundays. I love dunk parties. We get to fellowship with our church as a, as a together because we have two services. Everybody's going to get together. We're going to celebrate God changing lives. That should just get you pumped up to be early. We're going to put people in this water. We're going to, they're going to make an, an external decision of something that they made internally and share with you that they became a follower of Christ. And then we're going to eat wings. Amen. <laughs> Let's pray. God, we thank you so much. For everything that you do. God, the, just, the, just the fact that we can look forward to next Sunday because we have people that have made decision to follow you and we're going to baptize them. That is exciting. God, you're moving in this church. You're moving in us. But God, there comes this question every once in a while. is Do we or can we trust you? Even when you don't move the things out of our way that we expect you to, or you don't part the water so we can walk through, God, we have to learn to trust you. God, is my prayer that this week even, these people and me, God, we, we take this journey to know you more, to know you closer, to honor you with our life, God, that we, just, that we give to you. I ask, God, that you let us impact our places of work this week when we go to work. God, when we come back to church next Sunday, may we just come expecting, God, you to move again. God, and I thank you for the gift of your Son. Without this, this is not possible. Thank you for the salvation. Thank you for the grace and forgiveness. Help us to practice it. Help us to trust you. In your name we pray. Amen.